0: And welcome to the very first episode of Living Free with RP. I'm your host, Mike Tubiak, and we are going to go on a journey um, of meeting new and different and exciting people who also have this wonderful (laughs) disease known as retinitis pigmentosa. So, the format I believe I'm going to start following, you know, with each, with each episode is going to be, I will have guests on and I have about 10 questions that I will ask them. So, every episode, everyone's going to be asked always the same 10 questions and the idea is just to see, because everyone's going to have a different response and have different experiences that happen to them and different things that they'd like to share uh, with all of us out in the world and i feel that these people don't have a voice um even up to recently uh, really hasn't been uh there's been more stuff going on recently uh with rp but i mean over the years me growing up that really hasn't you know a lot, not a lot of people people say what's rp or what's retinitis it's been because, uh, and um all that but see we know that with this you know we know what rp is and i think this podcast could be more about just kind of sharing our story and uh things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis and um, maybe shed a light on certain things that, you know what, we can still do, even though people are like, oh, you can still do that? So what I've decided for this episode is I'm going to ask myself the same 10 questions. I'm going to answer these same 10 questions. Uh, Maybe I'm not going to ask them myself, but I'm going to go through the same 10 questions, basically, and share my story with you guys. And uh, this way, you know you know where I'm coming from and, and all that. And, and I look forward to getting to know every single one of you out there. And uh, it's very exciting. Um, I hope this works. But here we go. So first, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I was born in Derby, Connecticut. Um, I was born December 21st, 1980. So I'm 38 years old, going to be 39, uh, coming up, yes, I'm four days away from Christmas, first day of winter, and it's wonderful, (laughs) because, sense the sarcasm, people. Uh, It's wonderful, because, yeah, I either get the, do you want a combo gift? Do you want one or the other? You know, it was always like that, and, you know, no one ever went to my birthday parties. I always had to have birthday parties, like, in the beginning of December, to avoid the whole, like, you know, Christmas thing, so yeah, it's fun, I've gotten used to it though, so yes, I will be 39, I uh, we're going to segue right into the next, uh, the next question, I was diagnosed at the age of 14, uh, give you a little background also, the, um, stepping back just a little bit, this is going to be rough, it's my first podcast, uh, so the first, uh, so my mom actually has it, so growing up, I you know I was always taking care of her and stuff like that. And so and when she grew up, she didn't really have they didn't had no clue what R P was. They just thought you know she was clumsy, or she had. They, I think they misdiagnosed her a few times. But basically, my mom didn't get diagnosed until she was like thirty two. So at thirty two, you know, my mom knew. So when, I mean, I mean, I was born. I think she was like twenty five or so. So around eight of like six or so or seven. I think that's when my mom actually got diagnosed. So if you think about that, is, you know it's like before we didn't know what was going on now, you know, we figured it out. So I used to always help my mom go shopping and, you know, whatever, just anything. I was basically, you know, you know I was you know, I grew up just helping. So I never really thought about it, you know. My mom always did all the normal things the mom did. You know, she can cook, clean, you know, take you know, take care of things. I mean the only thing she didn't really do was work. I mean she she was a she was a stay at home mom kinda of thing, you know. And my uh, my stepdad, um, He was the one who took everything else, you know, the yard, and, you know, he worked and stuff like that. So, when, you know, and I have a sister, but my sister is a carrier. She doesn't actually have, um, she just, you know, she doesn't have RP, but she's a carrier. So, and we can't go back further. We can't go back further from, I believe it's my grandfather's side, because obviously my mom has it. So, I think it's always got to be on her side. And my grandfather was adopted, so kind of it stops really at him. So, it's possible that obviously further back, you know, probably where maybe somewhere else one of my ancestors had it. Da, 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 da. I'd like to, I somehow would like to really dig into that one day. I'm sure there's some way of getting past, maybe there's records somewhere, you know. So, growing up with it was a little easier because I had, since I had my mom, I never really worried about it. I never really was like, oh my God, I'm going to get it or anything like that. I just, if I do get it, I'm okay because I've seen my mom deal with it and my mom. Was always fine, so you know I'm sure I'm sure she struggled behind closed doors, and I'm sure like you know she did have a group though she you know she took she went to therapy and things like that for other things, and I'm sure you know you know it was tough, but at the end of the day I know you know she still was able to do things you know. So when I turned fourteen is when I got diagnosed, and I remember. Uh, being in in the room and my mom, you know, my parents were there, and all of a sudden, you know, we were, you know, I get the uh, the wonderful news, and my mom's crying, which I always thought was weird. You I'm like, Mom like, and I wasn't crying. I was, I was like, okay, and, you know, it was, it was like, all right, yeah, and that was it. You know, I think my mom was just, I don't know, just upset that, you know, obviously, like, she didn't want me to have it and stuff like that. But I was cool. I took it fine. So, I mean, really, and the reason why I got diagnosed is because I started having issues uh, at night. I remember being, cl- I was very clumsy, you know, running into things and trees and, you know, all that stuff. I couldn't really, my problem during high school is I couldn't really do a lot of parties. I couldn't hang out. I mean, I could do parties, but if there was a party at night, I had to hang out, you know, at home. I mean, at the, like sit down. I couldn't go running around with people and stuff like that because I knew I was going to run into something or walk into something. You know, and this goes back way to when I was 14. So basically, I mean, my daytime vision has always been pretty good, you know. So I never, I was really wor- wasn't really was really worried about that, you know. I've always been just the nighttime klutz, you know. Um, so I've covered, I'm uh, sorry, I just kind of looked at my questions, apologize. But yes, I, I've just covered my how I reacted and, and stuff like that. And uh, But to give you perspective on, I would say, how I feel, when I, the way I felt when I got diagnosed versus the way I feel now, and it's, I, I feel kind of the same still. I mean, I think there's still uh, times when I get frustrated uh, when I walk into things or you have like, as we call a bad RP day. When I get a good RP day, I'm good, you know, Yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's awesome. But I think I learned to take advantage more of those now, you know, because over the years you know, you know, what's up, you know, versus when I was first diagnosed and it was just like, well, whatever, you know, okay, I got RP, you know. But now that I've, you know, now where my vision has gotten where it's gotten, so now my reaction is a to having it, it's a little different, but now I want to nice. educate more and I want to show people, like, hey, I can still do all the stuff that, you know, I want to do, just sometimes I have to do it differently. Uh, and currently, my vision is, like, I'd say, I'd say they describe it as extreme tunnel vision, So. I mean, but I but sometimes I can sit there, if I look straight, I can still have, I have peripherals, I mean, I, I think I have a lot of, like, um, blind spots and stuff like that, but my my central vision's, like, pretty decent, like, I mean, I can't see from a, far, a distance, you know, you know looks well, a little blurry and stuff like that, but I have glasses for that if I need that, but for the most part, I think I'm pretty lucky, uh, but... I, I think I put sometimes more faith in my vision than I realize. Like you know, you think you see really well, and then you go, you go out, and you just trip on something, or you walk into something you, you didn't you came out of nowhere. So I'm always fearful of those moments. You know, I'm always I definitely worry about that stuff a lot more. Um, I I oh I just thought of a question I have to ask. Uh, I can't begin to tell you how many times I've you know like bashed my face or whatever because I went to go, I saw something on the floor that I needed to go pick up, but I didn't realize that. There was an open door there, or you know, there was a pole, or there was some th- some object was there. And when I went to go bend down, it smashed me in the face. You know, um, so I'm definitely going to add that question. I'd like to know more people, There was there like one of their worst days, or whatever, you know, things like that. Uh, so yeah, I've um, I've had a many uh, of those instances. That's what makes me realize, you know. That's, those are the wake up calls. You're like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. And then you do, and then that happens. You're like, okay, maybe my vision isn't as good as I thought it was. You know, so I've learned, you know, tricks. You know, I've learned to put my hands out now, more or less, this canes, kind of. Really, if I don't have my cane on me when I'm doing from like around the house, you know, I put my hand out and kind of wave it around just to make sure when I'm bending down that there isn't any kind of surprise object, that, you know, that's going to hit me or whatever. Um, I've taken a car door to the center of my eye, right between my eyes. I got stitches for that. I've taken those. One of those handy. I um. I was went to go pick down my water bottle. I put my water bottle down in a bathroom, and I went to go bend down. Didn't realize the handicap rail was down and smashed my almost. I mean, really, clearly, almost knocked myself out. Actually, bending down to get it. Um. So, you know, a lot of those wonderful moments. Um. But like I said those I now I learned. You know, you know, to put you know really, put my hands out, and make people more mindful of that stuff, and that's what. I feel rp is all about just you know you know you need to know where everything is you need to know exactly what the layout of everything is and, you know I'm sure we all have loved ones that put things away back where we did not put them and then you're sitting there going, hey hun, where's this or where's that? I put it over here oh well, I put it over here. <laughs> I'm sure uh I look forward to hearing those stories because those are the fun ones uh, you know how many times have we dealt with people that don't understand that like if I put you know, a knife right here. Even if it doesn't make sense that that knife is there or wherever anything or wherever anything is, you know, if anything doesn't make sense, doesn't matter. I put it there. That's where it needs to be, and that's where it has to stay. Because <laughs> then it's like uh, I'm, it's I'm lost. I'm completely lost. It's you know, where's the coffee? Where's this? You know, where's the cup I was looking for? Where's the rice? Where's the you know, like yeah, it's that's a whole journey right there, and uh that's a tough one okay so uh, what things did I love to do that I can't do anymore I'm gonna change it up. I am gonna reveal the questions to you guys so it makes it a little easier for me um, yeah so a question of what what things did I was I able to do before that I can't do or have to do differently now um, of course I can't I can't drive I mean I, I mean I can. I, I sparingly do sometimes if I have to do something a short trip or something, but it usually it's like someone's in the car helping me. But I don't like drive. I don't I don't you know, I can't drive, you know, drive drive. It's like, you know you know, for the most part, no, I don't I do not drive. I don't go out and drive anymore. That's that's something I, you know, miss doing. I didn't think I'd miss doing when I stopped driving, but I I do, you know, uh, I miss the freedom of being able to get in the car and just go, you know, if I need to go somewhere. I'm just trying to think if there's something. Um Okay, Uh, I'm I'm a runner, you know. I'm a very active person. I'm an athlete, uh, and I would say now, uh, like now, as like to do, I can't go out and just go for a run. So a normal person would just be like, I'm gonna go outside, go for a run. You know, for me, I gotta get my cane. I usually get my cane if I'm training for a race or whatever. I I usually go to a track, so I'll get the cane. So I, uh, I can run a little bit with the cane, and I'll go. I'll run down. I'll run or walk down to the track, um, and then I just stay on a track. I don't need a cane while I'm on the track, but because I can see the lanes and stuff like that, I just stay in my lane. So that you know is definitely something where I've had to learn. You know, to I I find places where I'm comfortable. Or back in 2014, I was training for a New York City Marathon, and I had to. Um, I was using the tracks, and this is I was still driving at this point, but this was definitely a point where. I started to realize that I couldn't run on the streets anymore because curbs came up too fast and fire hydrants came up too fast. Before I knew it, I'd be almost knocking into them before I realized they were in there. So that's when I really was like, okay, yeah, I can't run by myself. I can't really do this like this in this setting. So, I found two, you know, I, said I had two tracks I was using, and I would drive. It's funny, I could drive though. I can get out, and that's one of, the, one of the things people didn't get understand, but I'm like, it was hard to really describe to people that when you get in a car, you have rules, and there's there's just a lot more structure to driving than there is just walking around on the street or doing something like that. It's just, it's totally different. So, I would get, you know, I'd go to tracks, and I would go, you know, and I think there was a river walk. Yeah, the river walk was like 0.9 miles down. So, I'd go run there and back, and just keep doing that, and stuff like that. It's not exactly the most exciting thing, but that's, you know, that's once again, that's just getting it done a, a different way. But now it's different now. Now I, you know, now I have guides, and I'm part of an organization called Achilles. They provide guides for disabled athletes, and so I'm doing all that kind of ideal, different kind of running events, 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, marathons, all that stuff, and I, you know, mostly do it all through with them, stuff like that another organization I'm part of a scalar sports association and you know, I, I do um every year I do a triathlon with them and it's the same concept with them <clears throat> they provide you know they provide me with a guide you know to help me with the bike and the run portion I'm still working on the swim so those little things here and there you know I found I find now that's how I'm doing things differently you know I have guides now and stuff like that so I'm still able to do all those things that, you know, I used to love to do, or, you know, or like to do, and, uh, but I still do them, I find, I just find different ways to do it, and thank God for, you know, the volunteers out there, you know, like the people from Achilles and things like that, thank God for them, because they're the ones that allow me to do what I'm doing. Now, I mean, if I know the surroundings a little better, if I know, you know, where I'm, you know, where I'm going, I might, I could probably, there's certain roads I think I could probably could run on, but I'd have to use my cane just to make sure. I, but And that's just also to put out there to cars driving by that, hey, that's a, you know, that dude has, yeah that dude's blind or visually impaired, whatever. So, so let's segues into my next thing, my interests, which I just told you, about, you know, some of my interests right now, obviously, are just, I'm very big into, you know, athletic things like that. I'm also... A, I have a second degree, uh, I'm a second degree black belt in Tang Soo Do, uh, I've been studying that since 2009, so I love that, that'll, you know, that's another thing I've had to change, As my vision has changed, that's another thing, you know, training has has affected, you know, my vision has affected the way I train, so, you know, it, you learn to modify, and. You know, Still do the things you have to do, but you have to do them differently. There, even there too, it's just like life. Um, yeah. So I like to do that. I cry. I love to hang out with friends, and um, I actually, I, even though I can't drive, I enjoy working on cars. I have a nineteen ninety one Mustang that I currently work on. I'm um, also hoping to pass my knowledge on while I still so can. Pass my knowledge on to my son. Um, I have a seven year old son, and we enjoy, you know, I parent let, let him do a little bit here and there, you know. Slowly, you know slowly, kind of work them into the whole uh, mechanic lifestyle. But yes, I do work on that. Um, I, I will take care of. I, we just got a house, and I was able to mow a lawn and just a weed whack. But it's, it's very challenging. That was really tough on the eyes. But you know what? You just still do it. And just like anything, you just go out, and you try. You know, if you get back and you realize, you know what, I can't do that. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I was gonna try, and you know what? If I looked at it and get, you know what? I have friends that live in town, and I would have just said, hey, you know what, guys? I need some help. So <clears throat> there's never, there's nothing wrong with asking for help, either. But so let's continue on here. But uh, I'm trying to think of what else other interests I have. I, I enjoy craft beer, you know. Uh, I love chicken wings and pizza and, you know, all those <laughs> lovely things, hanging out at the bars with my friends, you know. Uh, football, baseball, I'm a Mets fan, yes, I'm a Mets fan, Uh, I'm a Bengals fan, from Cincinnati for football, it's uh, it's an awful season this year, so I don't want to really talk about that, (laughs) but yes, those are a little bit of uh, my interests and stuff, mostly I like hanging out with friends and stuff like that, but, oh, and I love watching TV, who doesn't, Uh, favorite shows, uh, The Office, uh, the Flash, those are my current kind of shows uh How I Met Your Mother and uh, the Supergirl oh, all the DC shows and stuff like that. Um yeah. I'm sure you guys will have questions for me, I'm sure you know, about you know any other interests I have. But. <laughs> let's see. Name some uh, let's see. Let's see, names and questions you get often that bother you about your vision. Uh, let's see. Mostly when I was still driving and early on when I, you know, when I got diagnosed, you know, after we talk to people, you tell them, oh, you know, you have trouble seeing it at night, da, da da and they're like, yeah, but how do you drive at night? And, of course, I'd look at them and say, um, cars have headlights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, headlights. You know, there's lights on that side. Like, if there's lights, I can see, you know? So that was the question I got a lot. Um, yeah, going, around, you know, through my 20s and stuff like that. Um, trying the other things. I mean, I think, I think, I, you know, it's probably one of the biggest questions I get that, you know, about my vision that drives me nuts. Yeah, you can still do that. You could, you drive at night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't really think of anything off the top of my head, though, you know, that, that bother me when people, you know, nothing that really gets me, like, you know gets me in the flush or anything. Yeah. But maybe you guys will have some stories about things that bother you that people are driving nuts and they always ask you, You can do that. You can read. <laughs> you know, you can you, you you can walk to the to the store. You can uh you can watch T V. Yeah. It's like I'm not blind, I'm visually impaired. Yeah. That's all that that, that, that was, don't get me started on that. You know the difference between being blind and visually impaired. You know that that's another one. I thought you were blind. I'm not blind. They're, you know, blind and visually impaired are two different things. At least, and that's why I look at it. You're, you know, if you're blind, you're blind. You, know, you don't see anything at all. There's, just you know. But people think, I don't know. I think people when, like it's like when people see the cane. When people see the cane, they automatically think blind. You know. Like, for instance, I was on a train one time. I had my cane. And a dude was legitimately staring at me because I was using my phone. I had my camera, but I was also using my phone, and this guy was like staring at me like, "I can't believe this guy, how is this guy using a phone? like he's blind like like, like but he wasn't saying it, like, but he was legitimately staring at me as if he thought I couldn't see that he was staring at me like we were eye to eye, like we were just like locking eyes, and he didn't think I could see him like wow i, I and I wanted to look at him and say, "Um, I can see you." <laughs> Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm a little sick. Should I got some water on before I started doing this? Oh, Okay. But yeah, but no offense to anybody who's blind, or visually, you know. Like I'm just saying that's what's why I see it. Like you know, you're blind, there's visually impaired, and then there's sighted. There's you know, the three entirely different things. Yeah. But people will see like you know, like I wear a shirt with Achilles that I said blind runner, which I don't like, but I understand that sometimes that's quicker to see or and it's bolder, you know, you can get that than it is than if you put visually impaired, it'd be a little smaller on their shirt. So I get it. Even though some people don't even read that though. Let's see. Uh, Who wins in a fight? (laughs) You or the wet floor sign? As many of you will hopefully see that the logo for the show is a wet floor sign, which I as soon as I was as soon as I came up with this podcast idea, that was already the idea. Like I, I'm like my logo, whatever my call the show, is going to be on the wet floor sign. That that that, as I've seen from being involved in the communities on Facebook, obviously we all we all know, the nemesis, is the wet floor sign. Sometimes I just kick them over, as, soon as I walk in because that's just saving me the trouble. Uh, that and cones are a problem. You know, we all love you know, like the you know when I'm running with you when know, they put cones down to separate the road, and, you know I'll just kick them over. But yes, wet floor signs. Uh, I've I have will say in the battle of wet floor signs, unfortunately, I think the wet floor signs have won so far. They're are are they winning currently. You know I'm a little more i um, a little more ready for them. You know when I get in there in a store like especially Dunkin' Dunkin' Donuts always has them. They're always in there at Dunkin' Donuts. Um, if you guys can think of any other places where you see them the most, you let me know. But I'm pretty, but I always know when I go into Duncan to be ready and vigilant. You know, whether, you know, I know there's going to be a fight, so I got to be ready. I'll look around, and there they are. But yes, my floor sign. I'd say currently is kind of winning because I've knocked over quite a, quite a few. Not seeing them. I mean, lately I've been better, like I I'm, said, because I'm ready. <coughs> but if I forget, it's not good. With more with the wife or somebody else, they usually, you know, also give me a heads up. Hey, I might, you know, look out for the floor Because they know. That and Starbucks, I think, has them always out, too. But but it, it, it seems like every time I go to Dunkin' they're always there. It's like they're always mopping the floor. So. Yeah, so, next question. Do you currently use a cane? And if so... How did you feel the first time using it, and what made, me, made you realize you needed to start using it? And, uh, as you've heard so far, yes, I do use a cane. I've not been trained. I've never took mobility training or any of that stuff. I'm currently off the grid, as one would say. I'm not with Services for the Blind or any of that, which, but I plan on joining sometime soon. Um, but yes, uh, I do currently use a cane. Uh, not all the time. it depends. like if I walk my I walk my son to the bus stop, I don't need a cane. because I know where to go. I just go to the bottom of the street. there's a corner like if if, it, if it's something I'm comfortable going with, like i I'll go. I think I walked my son to school one time because I thought we missed the bus and I it's only up' like road to hill once again and know the surroundings pretty well, and it was pretty much an easy walk. So I got that done. <clears throat> so that was easy. But yes, um, I do use a cane when I go out uh, most of the time. If it's a situation where I'm not going to be able to rely on somebody, like if I'm out with my wife and stuff like that, usually I don't bring one. But if I'm out with other people or and I'm going to be in a crowd or I said doing a race or whatever, I do bring my cane. What made me realize that I needed to start using a cane was my first year. Um, not working my first year being on disability my friend uh, was getting married in 2016 and <clears throat> I have to pause this hold on and yeah okay I'm back guys yeah. um so 2016 my friend was getting married so for his bachelor party, I took him out to Boston for a baseball game and we went out, we had uh, some bars after went power hopping and you know, had a great time. Well, after the game and when we went to a few bars, one of the places that we had gone to, which I won't mention anymore because it's not worth it to me anymore, but because they did well, they, you know, they they made you know, they made good on everything. But what happened was <clears throat> Obviously, I would need help. Uh, anytime i think go to the bathroom, I needed help, you know, going to, you know, getting in there. Because these, these bars were dark. They were dimly lit. So, get in. I told my friend, hey, you know, can you help me, you know, get to, you know, the bathroom? I said, yeah, yeah, sure. So, go to the bathroom. Da, 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 da. We were waiting for a good table. By the time we got out, the table was already ready. So, you know, go right to the table, sit down. Uh, the waiter comes over, you know you know, asking if, you know, we want to drink, so everyone starts ordering drinks, he gets to me, and he says, I'm sorry, but I can't serve you, and I thought he was joking, like, ah. like, and he's like, no, he's like, I can't serve you, I've been told not to serve you, I'm like, and of course, at this moment, uh, my, my friend, uh, you know, the groom, the future brother-in-law, he, like, he snaps. He loses. He says, like, I want to see your manager. Da, 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 like and it becomes this whole scene. So basically we get, get kicked out because of you know what had happened because of the the brother in law. But uh, I appreciate him sticking up for me. That was nice. What had happened, was what I learned anyway, was somebody had complained. Like somebody around like a customer had complained because, you know, I you know, obviously I because from, from the outside, I guess I looked drunk. You know, you know, my friend's helping me to, you know, I looked all, you know. So, what had, it really wasn't handled right. The situation was not handled right. You know, like somebody should have came over to me. I mean, or somebody should have came over and verified. Somebody should have been like, hey, have you been drinking? And like nobody really did. It was literally, nope, can't serve you. They literally went from a complaint from somebody, like a customer. Just nobody, nobody came to me first and, to, you know, judge if I, in fact, was drunk. Or whatever, and I get it. It's you know a bar near you know near Fenway, and you know you probably get a lot of drunk people, and I get it. But the situation just wasn't handled right, and it blew up, and you know it was it was just bad. I was, and I felt it was right. I cried. By the time I got to the next bar, first I went, I was angry. When I left the bar, I was angry, and just like really full of rage. (laughs) And then by the time I got to the next bar, I broke down. It like really like it really hurt my feelings. It really made me like it just changed my whole perspective on things you know and, and it it really hurt to be like singled out like that and uh, to be made feel that to, to be, have felt that way and, and i didn't like it at all no we are here we we're having a good time and all that stuff and it just like it just totally ruined it and uh the rest of the places were good because we were made sure that the, the places we were like hey this dude's not drunk he's visually impaired you yeah, know so you're gonna you're gonna see him you know someone helping him walk to the bathroom Yeah, so we just kind of gave everyone a heads up, but so what had happened after that, like I said, one that was my realization. All right, I gotta start bringing a cane with me this way, if anything, not even to use it, but just just bring it with me so that people can see that and know that, oh, this if I'm being led to a bathroom, it means you know they can see the cane and they know I'm so impaired. So, what happened with that story, what had happened is a lot of people were one of my friends were very, you know, upset and pissed off about it. So a good friend of mine, you know, another best friend of mine, her his aunt, reached out to corporate to this place and complained. The, yeah. the one of the, the head honchos got in touch with me because of that complaint. He wanted to talk, he's he you know he really was adamant about talking to me. So we talked and stuff like that and he, he seemed genuine about everything and how he felt really bad about what happened and how this is like a, he wants to take this as a learning opportunity, and, and he admits it was not handled correctly, and you know, all that stuff, so, you know, I got a nice little, you know, nice little gift card out of the deal, you know, a good size gift card, and uh, I was happy, so, but that was a, that was definitely a rough, really rough situation, I was, I really felt bad, I hope nothing happened, I would never want anything like that to happen to anybody, but just keep in mind, you know, if you currently don't use a cane, you know, because you're like me, if you're like, ah, you know, I'm fine. You know, as long as I'm around friends and stuff, like I'm good. They'll, they'll leave me away. Keep in mind that yeah, other people are going to look at you differently, and you know, and see, not know that okay, you're visually impaired. They're going to think, even if you're grabbing onto somebody, they're thinking you're drunk. Automatically, you're drunk. If you're going in a bar and you're being led into the bathroom or whatever, you're drunk. So that was that. That was the you know that was the moment. I was like, okay, I use cane on the bright side. Uh, like not, not too much longer after that. One of the first times, since that had happened, when I went out, I went to a bar with a friend, and I was like, okay. I'm gonna bring my cane this time. It was actually a really, a really great experience. You know, like the people in the bar, everyone was like really helpful to me. They were making sure that I was, you know, that I was okay. Like I went to the bathroom, and whatever. And you know, they were asking my friend, you know, is he okay? You know, can we, what can we do and make sure he's all right? Like they really went out of their way, and I really appreciate that. You know, I. Like, I was going to get my drink and stuff like that. They were helping me. Like, everything was really cool. So, it really changed everything, you know. So, it was really for the better. The whole situation sucked, but in the end, it being a really good thing. A very big eye-opener. So, let's see. And this is how I'm going to end everything, is with, if you could get your vision back, what are some of the things you would love to do again? all right so if i had if today i was my vision was fully restored i think one of the first things that i would do I would definitely get like me you know my son maybe some friends whatever like i would go on a big road trip you know like the family well you know my, my wife's not really a big road trip person but i think i, I want to do like a guy trip you know go cross country you know like i would do a big like you know when it was like maybe like not now but like. I have to obviously wait, you know, wait till you know my son's done with school for summer vacation. But like that would be like, I would do some kind of big trip. You know, I haven't driven, you know, consist like that long. It's so long that I think the first thing I'd want to do is get in a car. Like like I get my Mustang. Maybe one, of, definitely one of the first things I'd do. I'd be going downstairs right now, fire up the Mustang, and go take it out. Of that. You know, if my vision was fully restored. Just go out and go for just pop the music on, you know, and just hit the highway and just just go and just. Just to drive, you know. Uh, that'd be one. I'm trying to think of other things. Um, I definitely want to play more sports. You know, I would do more. I, would, I mean, I would go, and then I would flip the script. Instead of, you know, being uh, an athlete at Achilles, I would switch it up. I'd be a guide. I'd give back, you know. Now, I would guide, you know, machine bed runners and, and all that stuff. So That'd be cool. Uh, obviously, I'd have to get a job. <laughs> so I'd love to I'd get back into the workforce again. You know, that'd be good, make me feel, you know, I think we all know that sometimes I think we don't feel, I don't know if I don't feel that I'm, I do not get enough sometimes out of being, like, I'm a stay-at-home dad, you know, I don't really, I don't know, I need more, like, at least working, even though sometimes it sucked, at least you felt like you were contributing, you know, and it's, uh, this was, it's tough being a stay-at-home dad and you don't feel like you're contributing, you know, even though you are, like, I'm taking care of a household, like, I take care of the bills, I take care, of, I do, I run the show, you know. So I am doing a lot, but I, I personally would, like i loved, you know, going into work and you know, being actually having people to talk to, real human beings. So that's another reason I'm excited about this show in a way. So it's going to be a good chance to, you know, to kind of break myself out of my comfort zone because I'm not usually a big like phone person. So it'll be nice to chat with other people to get me out of my comfort zone, and I know, you know, say I'll get to chat with people, you know. But yes, yeah, um, I would definitely get out, see the world. You know, start doing things like that usually I'm a little hesitant about now because of my vision. So now I wouldn't be as hesitant. You know, I'd be like, hey, let's go out. Like, I want to go out at night. Purposely at night because at night, for the longest time, I mean, since I had a night I, noticed, I couldn't do. So I, was like, I would do, like, those races that are at night, like the zombie races and stuff like that, The like, you know, the glow races. I would do, um, I would want to play laser tag, you know, because I never could do laser tag. You know, um just trying to think, other like nighttime. I think mostly a lot of nighttime things I'd probably do, because I I can never do them. Even in my teens, I couldn't really do them. But yes, a oh, oh, haunted house. Haunted houses don't scare me because I don't see anything. Right? So, all those like probably a lot of nighttime stuff. And like I said, since I'd be driving again, I'd be the first thing would be going on some kind of big road trip to celebrate having my vision back. Like I said, probably bring in my son or whatever, like making some big just you know, one big awesome trip. Um Yeah, I think that's uh that's about it. But yes. Well, I hope you guys enjoy this first you know, this very first episode and I think I yeah, help you I mean I'm sure I missed some things and I'm, I'm probably going to change the layout after listening to this. And maybe I'm going to add some more questions. But realistically, like, I don't have to follow this structure. If I had to add a question, like, I don't have to stay within the net 10 questions. Like, if I add, you know, while we're interviewing and if I think of something I want to add in while, you know, I want it to be natural. And just. And if things, you know, go that way, if I'm like, oh, yeah, while we're talking, I feel like, hey, what about this? And, just you know, I, just, I want everything to just flow, and, you know, so... It's not going to be definitely 10 questions every time. It might be 12 questions or 13 questions. But no matter what, we're all going to, you know, it's going to be a journey. It's going to be fun. And I really hope you all, you know, enjoy it. And I hope this grows to be something really cool. And this has been Mike Tubiak with Living Free with RP. I'll see you guys next week. Never made a challenge